All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, or ERP therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit nocd.com. That's nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. For people in the state of Kentucky, you can go to kentuckyocd.com. That's K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y-O-C-D.com and book a session with me. Like, I, I mean, some people just need to be told over and over again Uh, And when I say some people, by the way, I'm talking the majority of patients that are dealing with clinically significant anxiety symptoms, they need to be told and, and repeatedly reminded to take their eyes off of the anxiety that they're experiencing and the intrusive thoughts causing it and to put their eyes on and, and their effort into identifying and stopping compulsions that that's the active ingredient in the in the helping process. That's just what it is. And you can reflexively go back to um, trying to feel less anxious and trying to not have the thoughts. And, and that's a really understandable uh, reflex to follow. I'm not saying it's not, but that's not going to deliver to you the, the results that you're after, period, full stop. It's not. Right. So we have to uh, repeatedly be reminded to, to go back and focus on stopping behaviors, stopping behaviors. It's, it's imperative. It's of paramount importance. It's absolutely needed uh, to keep your eyes trained uh, on and focused there. And, and that's why I say there's going to be OCDers who listened to the previous series on body-focused repetitive behaviors and the usage of SCAMP uh, for the purpose of managing triggers relative, again, to the body-focused repetitive behaviors. And they're going to hear, oh, that's, that's, that's a new idea. That's a really great concept. I can use the management of my triggers to feel less anxious. That sounds like a shortcut. That sounds like a loophole. I love that idea. And again, it makes sense that we're gravitating back to managing our anxiety and trying to experience fewer and fewer intrusive thoughts. And this evidence-based intervention of, of managing triggers seems to hold some promise to that end. The problem with that idea is, well, OCDers who are working to manage triggers, I mean, what, what are triggers for OCDers? They're going to be like situations and activities uh, wherein I'm likely to have intrusive thoughts and feel anxious, and then in which I'm probably going to do some compulsions as a way of, of trying to manage all that stuff. 
And so as a result, people might be thinking, well, I can just work to manage the triggers, you know, the situations and activities. And if I'm managing the situations and activities in which I'm feeling anxious, maybe I'm just not going to this place or I'm not engaging that activity anymore. You know, that's going to mean that oh, I'm feeling less anxious and I'm having fewer intrusive thoughts. That's that's a great idea. You know, it's like, dude, hold on a second. Well, first. We're using the management of triggers, not for OCD, but for the management of hair pulling and skin picking habits, right? That's why we're doing that. Uh, Second, the truth of the matter is if you're working to uh, manage triggers as an OCDer, that's code for you're avoiding, right? You're avoiding situations, you're avoiding activities wherein you're likely to feel anxious, that's a compulsion. That's not going to help you. That's an evidence-based procedure for shit, for nothing, right? You're just going to keep yourself symptomatic at best. At worst, you're going to increase your symptom severity and be bewildered and confused as to why while you're using this evidence-based strategy for hair pulling and skin picking disorders, you're getting worse. Well, of course you're getting worse because you're doing compulsions, right? And this is the kind of thing, like I say, that needs to be said over and over and over to the average OCD or in the room, right? Because he or she is gravitating back to the same old stuff. It's like, it's like that pathway through the woods, right? And we follow that path that's always been followed by the kids before us. And, and we sort of perpetuate the path by following that same way. And, and more than that, once we sort of identify a new way to get through the woods, we're likely going to gravitate back to the same old pathway through the woods. That's what we're familiar with. That's what everybody's always done. And that's sort of parallel to the idea that we're talking about. People, you know, it's, it's not like people are dumb. They just gravitate back to the same old way of thinking, that reflexive thought process and strategy that says, I'm going to manage the anxiety. I'm just going to feel better. I just want to not have those thoughts, right? And so I'll do whatever it is that I'm going to do. And oftentimes they're not even thinking about what they're doing in the moment of anxiety. They're just doing something, again, reflexively for the purpose of trying to manage the anxiety and feel less distressed. That's the truth of it. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been been doing an exposure with a patient. And, and during that experience, I ask, what behaviors are you noticing that you're doing for the purpose of managing your anxiety or trying to uh, dismiss or, or get rid of or, or even just quiet the intrusive thoughts? And the patient has responded, well, I'm, I'm kind of picking at my skin a little bit. Right. And they'll show me what they're what they're talking about. They'll sort of lift up their their finger or they'll lift up their hand and they'll show me what they mean. So like you can talk about body focused repetitive behaviors and OCD as being diagnostically and symptomatologically distinct. And and they are. But it's it's not sufficient to talk about them as objectively different uh, uh, diagnostic entities, because there are lots and lots of OCDers that are also skin pickers. Right? And there's lots and lots of skin pickers that are also experiencing clinically significant anxiety along with, with intrusive thoughts and, uh, and time-consuming compulsive responses. Like so It's not just as simple as saying, well, if you're a skin picker, do this. If you're an OCDer, do that. Right, because there's a good percentage of the of the anxious population who's actually residing diagnostically in both camps. Right. And so here the question becomes, well, how do I tell the difference 
between skin picking that's that's diagnostically indicative of excoriation disorder and skin picking that's really just a compulsion, right? And that's a good question. And I'd say there's there's really two rules of thumb to follow here. The, the first of these is, listen, if your skin picking behavior is recurrent, meaning it's it's kind of ongoing, it's it's time consuming, or it's repetitive, it's something that is actually beginning to interrupt your routine and impact your ability to function. That is indicative of excoriation disorder, despite the fact that you might be picking when you're anxious. The second uh, rule of thumb is many repeated failed attempts to stop. To my mind, that's a very helpful marker of differentiation between OCDers uh, who are occasionally picking their skin and they're, and they're identifying a list of other compulsions, all of which they're engaging for the purpose of, of expressing their anxiety or trying to manage their anxiety or trying to get rid of their intrusive thoughts. And those in the excoriation disorder camp, that they're actually meeting diagnostic criteria for an additional disorder, right? Excoriation disorder. So this idea that they're engaging skin picking recurrently, that is to say it's time consuming, it's repetitive, it's beginning to impact their ability to function, and they've tried to stop many times before and have found themselves gravitating back and back and back to skin picking. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, well, dude, I skin pick and I'm definitely an OCDer. Like, how do I tell the difference between the two? And it matters, remember. It matters because those of us who are following the pathway of excoriation disorder, we're going to engage the SCAMP acronym. And if that acronym feels new and maybe you feel a little bit confused as to what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the previous several episodes where we unpack that acronym letter by letter. And if you're an OCDer, you're following the pathway of exposure and response prevention with a healthy fucking emphasis on ritual prevention or response prevention. You've got to stop the compulsions if you're going to make progress. But if you're dealing with excoriation disorder, remember, you're not just going to wrestle these behaviors into submission. That's probably what you've encountered before when you've repeatedly tried and failed it's been you're trying to muscle the behaviors into submission and you didn't get where you wanted to be. You got to follow the SCAMP acronym and not work to manage behaviors and manage the triggers that are likely to bring about the behaviors. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms.